Welcome to this special podcast series sponsored by Six Clicks. Series Spotlight, revolutionizing GRC with Six Clicks. Over the next five episodes, I visit with Joe Shore, Vice President of Global Channel Sales, Andrew Robinson, Co-Founder and Chief Information Security Officer, Stephen Walter, Head of Marketing, Dr. Heather Buker, Chief Technology Officer, and Ant Stevens, Co-Founder and Chief Executive Officer. Over this series, we will break down the Six Clicks Hub and Spoke approach, utilizing artificial intelligence and machine learning in governance, risk, and compliance, curating and maintaining a robust GRC content, producing audit-ready reports, and look at what is next for Six Clicks down the road. And now a word about Six Clicks. Six Clicks is your complete operating system for risk and compliance perfect interplay of content and functionality. Implement any risk and compliance program supercharged with the world's first AI engine for GRC practitioners. No matter the size of your company or the depth of project given to your advisory. White labeled, automated, fast, clear, and agile GRC. That's six clicks. In this episode, I visit with Six Clicks Head of Marketing, Stephen Walter, and we take up the topic of curating and maintaining a robust GRC content. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today I have with me Stephen Walter, the Head of Marketing at Six Clicks, and we're going to explore curing and maintaining a robust GCR content. So, Stephen, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks for having me. My morning, your afternoon. Power of technology. So, Stephen, maybe I could start off with, I think when someone looks at the GRC space who's not been in it for a long time, they're almost overwhelmed. Overwhelmed because they see complexity. They're overwhelmed if they're in a multinational company because they see lots of different regulations. They're overwhelmed because it is data literally across an organization. and then. Even if they can get the data, they're not sure how to interpret it, or more importantly, how to use it. So I've called that the nightmare. I was wondering if you could speak to some of the complexities around, and since we're recording this, what do you really see as a way to think through some of those issues? It is the nightmare. It's an unmitigated nightmare. I mean, I I haven't been in in the GRC space for too long either, and I look at these poor people who are overwhelmed and it blows the minds, particularly for anyone, as you say, just starting out in a budding GRC program. Organizations are navigating complexities, achieving and, and maintaining compliance within a number of regulators and authorities. And when I say within a number, I mean loads. They often find themselves inundated with regulatory compliance requirements. They've got loads of content needs. So curating that, that regulatory and robust content could be regulatory or compliance content, whatever you want to call it. It comes in so many various forms, anything that we here at Six Clicks call authority documents, the home of standards, laws, and regulations, to ancillary content, assessments, audits, frameworks, best practice stuff, risk libraries, policies, and control sets. Just housing and governing the usage of that poses some pretty serious challenges. And I, I guess a few of them, to answer your question, a lot of the major challenges as we see it, I guess first and foremost, content management. The organizations find themselves with content, compliance content, spread throughout loads of different management systems like Google Drive, SharePoint, uh, even their mailboxes, one files here, one files there. It really creates chaos. And then you've got versioning issues as well in that 
maintaining that because outdated regulations lead to outdated risks and policies and other required internal content materials, which can equal non-compliance with the legislations. And then, as you say, that overwhelming, that the onslaught, they're feeling intimidated by it. just getting started on a GRC or, or information security journey is just the build-out requirements are mind-blowing as there are. Many factors to consider and the sheer amount of content required to develop that program is intimidating. The onslaught is really challenging because when an organization has to comply with multiple legislations, it is a nightmare. Moreover, the pandemic has impacted the GRC space like it has everywhere else. Businesses, though, are starting to prioritize compliance and risk management processes in their now, and regulators are certainly catching up. So if I can overlay some stakeholders who are going to be interested in this, obviously, IT is going to be interested in this, but mm. compliance is going to be interested in this. Senior mm. executives are going to be interested in this. And the board of directors, darn well, better be interested in this. <laughs> so how do you craft a message uh, or how do your colleagues craft a message that can speak to levels of technical expertise, tactical decisions versus strategic decisions, all within the framework of the types of products and services that Six Clicks delivers? Well, uh, yes, that is one of the major challenges being a GRC platform solution like ourselves and being industry agnostic. One of the biggest benefits to us recently is that risk and compliance has been elevated right up the board agenda, even just sticking with cybersecurity because it's close to my heart for a moment is now a major concentration of these boards and the C-suite in particular, who are here governing, helping the company to govern this and manage this, also by way of their relationships with advisors. So not just large organizations that can afford a cast of thousands to look after this in-house, but also companies who have an advisory arm or a partner, if you will, there to get that done for them. We frame that to go, well, the message is so wide now, and it means so much to so people, whether you're taking a top-down approach and you no longer should be making these unilateral decisions at the chairperson level, or you're taking a bottom-up approach and democratizing the approach to risk and compliance and bringing in all of the people that are actually in the trenches in you know, doing the work on the ground to be able to bring that message upward to the company as well. So I think coming at it from those two areas seems to make our job a lot easier and all of those stakeholders involved, there's something there for everybody, particularly getting them out of archaic and outdated methods and processes to do it. You don't have to lose your policies or your processes or your procedures just because you're adopting a GRC software solution tool like ours. You can innovate yourself into a better system there. One of the most prescient things I heard during the pandemic was that we've had three to five years of change in the last 18 months. And I can't think of an area that applies more to than the GRC space. You touched on cybersecurity and we could do an entire podcast just on regulatory change around cybersecurity, but I'd maybe like to, to step back and ask you, what are some of the major changes you've seen now and maybe even that you see coming down the road and the red flags that they're going to pop up and how you and your colleagues are really helping international companies to navigate change. Yeah, I could not agree more. 2021, massive barnstorm for regulators, right? I don't know if we can say post-pandemic just yet, but it's something like that. They are mercilessly catching up. And you and I, as you say, will be here forever just covering cyber, let alone every other sector and region within each sector, but just within cyber and information security as well. So we know cyber criminals aren't concerned with borders or jurisdictions, yet businesses, are, meanwhile, have to navigate not only 
an increasingly complex system of regulations and rules like GDPR, the California Consumer Privacy Act, the cybersecurity law of the People's Republic of China, and so on and so forth. It is on and on and on. Privacy and data protection regulations, totally necessary, of course, but way fragmented, as you say, over the last 18 months and longer, sometimes conflicting priorities and costs for companies. You guessed it. Weakened defense mechanisms as well, if we're looking at cyber. Then you fold in budgetary boundaries. You not only have to defend and protect against attacks, but you've got to comply with the complex regulations at the same time. Look at the financial services regulatory changes around the world. Just here in Australia, APRA has released a series of new reporting standards regarding superannuation, a portfolio holdings disclosure related to uh, Treasury laws amendments bill. That's set to go live in two months. In the EU, the Central Securities Depository regime, the European regulation that rewrites the rules for security settlements in Europe, that's aimed at increasing efficiency with shorter settlement periods and mandatory penalties for failed trades. Even <laughs> over in Spain, there's the Spanish financial transaction tax. That came in from 10 June. And then we've just had the biggest whistleblower payout in US history, right? The executive from Deutsche Bank, 200 million. So if I were a major corporation, I'd be certainly learning the lesson over the last eight, 18 months and seeing what's coming down the road. When you ask for stuff coming down the road, predictions and red flags close to my heart, you know, the first half of 21 has alone been rife with cybersecurity challenges in the United States, colonial pipeline ransomware with uh, the created temporary gas shortages and price surge across the East Coast, the US government breached by networks of uh, Russian intelligence-backed hackers. But cybersecurity, it's now good to see if you want a prediction or a red flag to keep an eye on, has clearly now got bipartisan concern and support in the US. The Senate's new infrastructure bill has got $20 million set aside for Cyber Response and Recovery Fund. Then we have Biden's executive order that was in May following the Colonial Pipeline and solar winds attacks. That mandated that federal information systems get busy with multi-factor authentication, end-to-end -end data encryption, uh, accelerate migrations to uh, cloud-based providers. So some other things to keep an eye on would be the Invest in America Act. The American Rescue Plan Act, the North Carolina and Texas Appropriations Bills, respectively. Here in Australia, in April 21, the Aussie government launched the International Cyber and Critical Technology Engagement Strategy. That sets out a load of goals for safe and secure and prosperous Indo-Pacific Australia and the world with um, critical technology. And then in July 21, the Australian government opened up a consultation paper to discuss regulatory reforms, mandatory versus voluntary with incentives to um, strengthen the cybersecurity of Australia's digital economy. Make your own minds up how comfortable you are with government overreach or whether you don't think it's government overreach, particularly with critical infrastructure. In other areas, just in the US, you've got changes coming to the AML and Corporate Transparency Acts, data privacy, ESG, sustainable finance. So there is a lot coming down the road. So Stephen, I had the opportunity to visit with your colleague, Andrew Robinson earlier, where we focused a little bit more on AI. And I told him that my observation of AI is people are either terrified by it, thrilled by it, or perhaps both. And I really <laughs> wanted to broaden that question out a little bit to you is if they, the majority of people are terrified by it, the broadening out is why does that lead to resistance to the GRC tech revolution? And how can you help compliance practitioners or others in an organization really move beyond that terror or even the resistance to the GRC tech revolution? Yeah, it is the dinosaur in the room. I think it's fair to say, with respect, of course, that one of the most frightening 
and not talked about issues with compliance and regulatory content is that, in my view, many organizations, whether they admit it or not, do not know what compliance obligations they should be compliant with in the first place. It's understandable, but it's frightening nonetheless, certainly given that the chartered IAA placed changes in laws and regulations in second place in their top risks for 2022. Cyber and data security, number one. Then on top of that, ACA Group predicted that 62% of compliance budgets are set to remain flat in 2022. I beg your pardon. So where do we go to find out the answer here? Traditionally, lawyers first, right? Excellently. But with all due respect to lawyers, I feel for them. Where do they go? How does that work? You know, thousands of years later, we're taking their word for it. They're a necessary element. I don't know the law. They do. They know the score. But tell me a lawyer who can keep up with the regulatory changes happening globally these days. The pace is ferocious. And it's unfair to place that burden upon them solely, I believe. At least they know how to protect themselves. But, I mean, I'm capable of satire and a low blow if we're talking about uh, lawyers and regulatory compliance and their knowledge and going as far as people are paying for them. But I don't think I'd misrepresent the situation. What happens when a global organization, say, has 99 different regulations they need to be compliant with? I didn't pluck that figure out of the air. That's legitimately the amount of regulations one company I spoke to recently need to keep an eye on. And out of that 99, there's two and a half thousand changes to that 99 made every week. Every week, Tom. So say out of that two and a half thousand, 400 apply to them globally. I'm reaching for Advil just thinking about it. So then what happens when I'm not a massive corporate behemoth and I can't afford to do compliance to that degree? Anyone who's taken a look at the obligations that apply to them, in some instances, I've read them and you get 78 pages in before you get to the bit that you actually need and you've forgotten where you live, which could be one of the reasons why we see such resistance toward change management. And in some dangerous examples, this weird kind of cognitive dissonance, it's also the reason why GRC solution tools are going gangbusters for affordability reasons at the moment. But you need to be careful what GRC tool you adopt and make sure it's not just a legacy tool with a facelift. We've come across organizations and consulting advisory services that seem to be allergic to changing the system. Why are you upsetting the apple cart? My spreadsheet did me well last week. Why won't it do me well this week? We can confidently raise our hands and say, with all due respect, the system, something is actually wrong. The evidence is all around you. You only need to take a quick tour de raison around the Google machine to find it. Regards to, to data breaches and fines and all sorts of headlines, businesses don't want written about them. And then we get met similarly by people who aren't picking up what we're putting down immediately and relieve that the solutions around uh, that they've been whinging about these issues around the water cooler for years. So as far as, I guess, solutions that we can help with them, solutions that we can help with, that we can give them, we have a complete in-house content team. We're constantly lifting the burden off the client's shoulders and putting it on ours to make sure that the content stays up to date. And we're finding ways to enhance that content library of ours, which is what we call the, the, the Amazon of risk and compliance. It's there. So it looks like an app store. It's crazy. But by offering the content in the app itself, you don't need to square peg that round hole. So organizations developing their GRC in InfoSec programs can leverage that. They can sample the policies, the control sets, the vendor questionnaires and the playbooks, incident response, et cetera. So we're really reducing the headache now. And the time it takes you know, to author and maintain that content, you don't need to get a content license and a software license and try and desperately make the two work together anymore. And it shows a massive return on investment as well, because the GRC uplifts and implementations are long, cumbersome and tedious and expensive. And like you said before, being met with resistance. 
and our wonderful partnership with regulatory compliance geniuses, Thomson Reuters, and their regulatory intelligence feed means you can crack that time to implementation ratio and avoid that terrifying protracted process of spending time pulling together a project management team of IT, subject matter experts, security, software, and content. It's already preloaded and ready for deployment. There's no time and cost blowouts. It's rapid, efficient, smart deployment. We absorb the cost of licensing all the GRC content. You don't need to reach out to providers, deal with licensing dramas, and then figure out how to integrate this into multiple platforms and processes. It's already pre-integrated for you right now. So you can say goodbye to multiple vendors in governing the usage of that content, as mentioned at the top of the show. What's one contract? Single paper. Then once you unleash the power of the Thomson Reuters regulatory intelligence feed, that gives you a bird's eye view of access to geographical sector content, organizational and thematic news events and insights. So you can school up and get ahead of the curve that way. So it's a massive headache remover as far as we can see. So I want to end by asking you, why do you feel like this is the Amazon of GRC content? And I know you touched upon several different components. Uh, bring it together in one answer around that question, if you could, Stephen. So our content library is massively rich. So as a quick sort of six clicks version of things, we have what we call authority documents, the home of standards, laws, and regulations. Obviously, people know that within those authority documents, there are provisions, the individual clause or requirement within that authority document. Then you take a next step down, you talk about policies, the house of controls, which are the measures you put in place to mitigate risk or demonstrate compliance, the controls within them, and then the controls have responsibilities. Who does what, how often, and when, the control measures, which those responsibilities are, maintain the effectiveness of that control. Those are all there already inside our content library, and you can create your own. So if you can pull those into a system and manage it all in the one place, if you can then also have one single pane of glass view, a, a really fantastic cracking single point of truth where you can keep an eye on everything internally and externally with uh, Hub and Spoke, which is multi-entity. If you're a company with multiple entities running all of these autonomous GRC programs, you can keep an eye on that too. And I think the control to authority gap analysis with Haley, our artificial intelligence engine, can then identify where those issues are. I think once you bring all of that together, you've really got something very, very special. Unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us for our next episode where I visit with Dr. Heather Buecher on producing audit-ready reports with six clicks pixel perfect. This has been a ton of fun, and you and I could geek out forever on this. Oh, We're going to have to sure. end this podcast, but I do want to leave you with a request that I hope we can continue this conversation. Yeah, massively. It's been a pleasure and I'm, your time is extremely valuable. We are extremely grateful. It's been awesome. I can't wait to chat to you again. I want to talk to you next time about innovating out of the system and what you think the system is. I think it's fascinating, but yeah, can't wait to chat again. Much appreciated. This is Tom Fox. Thanks again for listening to my series on Six Clicks, who is revolutionizing GRC. You can find out more about Six Clicks by checking out their website, www6, that's the number six, clicks.com. I've also linked to it in the show notes. I hope you will join me for the rest of this series, as I know you will learn a lot about how Six Clicks is truly revolutionizing the GRC and risk and compliance space. This special podcast series 
Revolutionizing GRC with Six Clicks is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.